Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. Before I begin today's episode, I wanted to ask for your help with something. If you listen on iTunes, you've probably seen their list of podcasts designated as COVID-19 essential listening. I've reached out to Apple to ask them to include Shelter in Place on that list, but I need your help. If you could take a moment to go to iTunes, rate Shelter in Place, and write a quick review of what you like about the show, I would be so grateful. Yesterday was May Day, the first day of May. It's been a long time since that funny little holiday registered in my life, but I've been thinking about it this week. May Day is a public holiday, usually celebrated on May 1st or the first Monday of May. According to Wikipedia, it's an ancient festival of spring, celebrated with dances, singing, and cake. When I was a kid, there was no dancing or singing or cake, but I loved May Day because for me, it was the day that signaled that after the long Minnesota winter, spring was finally here to stay. It was a day of crafting paper baskets of picking purple wildflowers in the woods by my house, a day of ringing doorbells. When my neighbors would open their front doors, no one would be there waiting, but then they'd see on the doorknob my gift to them, a May Day basket full of flowers. When I mentioned May Day to my husband, Nate, earlier this week, he misunderstood. He thought I was talking about the other May Day, as in Mayday, Mayday, the international distress signal in radio communications, which I had to admit seemed more appropriate for these times than my childhood memories of flowers and paper baskets. But then I thought, maybe we need both of those Maydays right now. Maybe even as we're putting out distress signals through our radio and telephone and online communications, what we really need is a knock on our door, an unexpected gift, a reminder that we're not alone. All week long, I've been gathering your stories of gratitude and dreaming. Some of you have found great joy in this exercise. Some of you have really struggled. A lot of you are experiencing tough times right now. Job losses, sickness, parenting struggles, and lost dreams. Many of you are feeling discouraged by all the things you're trying to accomplish right now, Things like working from home while trying to manage little kids, homeschooling, negotiating tense relationships, or being stuck with someone who's not easy to live with. Some of you are feeling stuck with yourselves, wishing you weren't alone. So today I've put together a little May Day basket for you, made up of your thoughts, stories, and efforts to dream and find gratitude, and also the distress signals you're sending out. Here's one from Arundhati Ann in India. She said, I've been bankrupt now twice over. My husband and I lost big when we were cheated by our parents in business a couple of years ago. We were just starting to stand up from that when this pandemic hit. All of this has set us back financially. Currently, we are both without income. I do have a business consultancy that I started last year. I've got clients. I've got employees. But... Currently, there's no work. Everything is on standstill, here with domestic and international client companies. 
I reach out to individuals who need coaching, mentorship training, but mostly the work is pro bono since people are struggling financially right now. Now, here's a dream I've had for the longest time. I've dreamed of being able to travel around the world in 180 days. Not a paid vacation, but to actually savor, experience, live, blend into the different cultures, transitions, foods. Hopefully the good we're doing now will get us some mileage. Jillian in Wyoming says, I'm grateful for finally being able to live with my husband. The rules of shelter in place and social distance allow us to grow closer after living in different states for the past three years. My last day with my job was yesterday. In the last 9 to 12 months, it's been a source of stress and frustration. I'm dreaming big about what comes next for me. Do I stay in the transportation industry? Do I try my hand at something different, like focusing on my love of cooking and baking? I'm thinking about studying for a professional certification. Do I take it a step further and look into a new degree program? Lots of dreaming over here because with the timing, I feel like I've been gifted a blank canvas. Rachel from California, whose husband lost his job this past week, said, I hope this pandemic will motivate humans to change radically. Rachel's a writer, and she said that she's also grateful for the interview with Nina LaCour on Shelter in Place. That was episode 34, if you missed it. Sally in Minnesota says that she's grateful for all of the people working in grocery stores. She says, thanking all of the grocery store people and seeing their smiles makes my day better. Earlier this week in episode 37, I quoted a story about gratitude by Christina Carnes titled, New Thoughts About Gratitude, Charity, and Our Brains. I asked Christina to share with me how she's practicing gratitude right now. She says, For me, gratitude is a daily practice in this time of grief. My grief comes with sorrow and anger, and I need to honor those feelings. But gratitude reminds me to reach out to others, to help others, and to accept help, which is an important part of resilience and healing. Gratitude can help recalibrate the reward system of our brain to respond more to helping others. We need to find ways to experience that when we are sheltering in place. Feeling better ourselves isn't the main motivation for helping others, but it can help us sustain the effort longer. I also asked Jennifer Chevens and David Craig to weigh in. If you listened to episode 35 this past week, you'll remember them as the authors of Express Gratitude, not because you will benefit from it, but others might. Jennifer said, Since sheltering in place has begun, I've had so many opportunities to be grateful for my health and the health of my loved ones, for my work and the opportunity to keep working, for my creaky, drafty home, and for all the people in my life that are so meaningful. I'm really thankful for the folks keeping grocery stores and restaurants open, for the healthcare workers and first responders, for the people keeping food banks and other essential services open, for my mail carrier and the folks working to keep the lines of communication and the supply lines open, to the people I see when walking my dog who offer a smile and wave. I made some efforts to express my gratitude to others, including writing letters 
and touching base more with the people in my life. That being said, I know this is a time of stress, insecurity, and loss for so many people. I've been trying to take an opportunity to express my appreciation for others by contributing where I can, shopping local when I can, and looking for places in which I can be gracious and helpful. David added, as for how gratitude has impacted me, I would say it has been essential. It's very easy to get caught up in the stress and uncertainty of this pandemic and to develop a pessimistic attitude. However, my wife, who is also a grad student, and I have tried to view this pandemic as an opportunity to slow down, rest, and appreciate the small things we took for granted previously. Each night before we go to bed, we've taken up the practice of expressing everything we have to be grateful for to one another. Not to feel better, which sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't, but just for the sake of giving things the appreciation they deserve. My Mayday Basket for You also includes voice memos that some of you sent to me this week. I'll start with someone that you might remember from the very first week of Shelter in Place in Episode 4, when she and her family were sick and she was being tested for COVID-19. She's doing a lot better now and is back at work. Hi, my name is Annie Gullick. I'm a registered nurse. I work um, in the ICU. And I'm thinking today about what I'm grateful for during this time. There's so much that I could say about gratitude, but I think right now I would, I'm thinking of gratitude in terms of my job and the work that I do. And I certainly chose to be a nurse because it's something that I love. And it's a really unique time to be able to use those skills and experience that I have. Um, I think I'm really actually grateful to be able to be on the front lines during this time, grateful to be able to use my skills um, to hopefully make a difference and be a part of what's going on in the world. Then also from just a purely practical standpoint, I'm really grateful for my job just in terms of the fact that so much is changing right now and certainly there's challenges involved with being in quarantine with my three young children homeschooling two different grades and managing a toddler like i was saying trying to manage a two-year-old in the midst of it all has its own challenges so in a sense i also sometimes just feel grateful to be able to go to work and to get that break from being in my house quarantined and i think that work has has been maybe the most steady constant thing in my life when everything else seems to be changing and certainly a lot of things have changed in my work world and the way we practice but really most things haven't changed and there's just a really refreshing sense of normalcy in that routine of going to work and being with my coworkers and doing a job that I really love um, so I think I'm feeling really grateful for my job right now in the midst of all of this at the same time, there is really some challenges involved in being a nurse during this time. I specifically have concerns about looking forward into the future and, and what that's going to look like as far as my exposure to this to this virus. And um, even as the country is looking at how we can get back to living a normal life, I just have a lot of questions about what that looks like for me and my family. As I am so constantly in contact with this virus and at risk um, for being exposed to it and what that looks like as far as us trying to see grandparents and reintegrate back into society, what kind of risk I pose to my friends and family and the people that we come into contact with um, in the future. So 
I think dreaming, my big dream looking ahead is that we can figure out how to do that safely, that we can get answers about what that looks like for me and my family to safely be able to reunite with people in the months ahead. This is Joel. You know, thank you for the prompt around dreaming big and gratitude these last few days. Honestly, the piece around dreaming big has felt really inaccessible and honestly it's just felt really hard. Um, I've been trying to access a sense of expansion and that feeling of dreaming into what's possible and I've, I've struggled with it. I don't know how else to say it. But I really appreciate the piece around gratitude and that part feels so much more accessible. I'm feeling so gratitude, so gratitude, so grateful each day. I'm feeling grateful for obvious things. I'm feeling grateful for my kids. I'm feeling grateful for my marriage. And I'm feeling so lucky. And I'm feeling grateful for maybe a little bit less obvious things too. I'm feeling grateful for a sense of camaraderie and in it togetherness from our neighbors and our family and friends who I'm talking to a lot more and just having a sense of common adversity that's bringing everyone together. And I've even felt more connected in the last you know, five, six weeks than I have pre-pandemic. And that feels really sweet. And I really appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for this prompt. And <laughs> good luck out there. Like anything, I feel like shelter in place has all these different feelings to it. Each week can feel really different. And I remember the first week or two feeling so scared about what was happening in the world. And at the same time, we would have these moments of total joy and total fun. I have been married to my husband now for 13 years and we'll celebrate our 14th this summer. Um, we were together a few years before that. So now at 36, I've been with him since I was 19 and I feel like there's not much more to know about a person, but I realize of course people change. There's more to get to know in this person who's different than he was yesterday. And it makes me tear. <laughs> it's so special to kind of discover those new things. It's so beautiful. And I know that he knows that I'm really anxious and things get to me. I'm really sensitive. And I did find a lot of beauty in those early days, just being able to tell him about my scary dreams that I was having because the pandemic was happening. And at that time, just kind of watching myself do the things that I knew I wasn't supposed to do, like stay up late and read everything that the New York Times had posted that day about the coronavirus and what might happen or what we were supposed to do. Uh, 
Jews and their stories, um, not as a negative, um, but as something that really creates in them uh, a resiliency and courageousness to um, love people well and to follow Jesus. I'm also really grateful for my wife because she's been an incredible caregiver. Uh, she's had a lot both with our family and professionally and uh, she has been an incredible support and partner and um, so I'm really grateful for her and for her love. Thankfulness is something that helps me to see things rightly. I can be one who piles up things that are not going well or things that don't feel like they're quite good enough. And I think that's just a negative motivator. It doesn't mean that it's um, unimportant to see how things aren't working well or where things can be fixed. But moving from that place of kind of negativity doesn't actually motivate me towards creativity. It actually causes me to feel frantic or anxious or worried or nervous or very self-dependent. And thankfulness as a practice has allowed me to see the sure foundation that I have and the goodness that's around and um, a more positive solid place um, from which I can move and be much more creative and for me and my life of faith uh, I do think it's a practice God gives us because the very breath we have and the mind we have and the life we have is a gift. The one person who did the, the takeout delivery was just so kind and warm and I know he was risking his life to do that work which seems crazy um, but it really brought me so much joy and, um, I don't feel safe to get, like continue to do that all the time. But, um, like in that moment, he just brought bubble tea. It wasn't even dinner. I was like, thank you so much. You have made sheltering room place be a little bit happier. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jerry and my big dream is that through what is going on right now that we truly transition, leaving some things behind and moving toward others, leaving behind the busyness, leaving behind the striving for power and money, and moving toward the things that we are finding, neighbors that wave at each other, people that talk to each other, video calls with people we haven't talked to in a long time. That's the big dream. Reconnecting and being together, even though we may not be in the same place as each other. Thanks. Hi, Laura. This is Arthi. Really appreciate the prompt for this week and have been thinking a lot about just times in my life where, you know, big ideas have manifested. And I feel like these days I've really sort of let go of the active creation of big ideas. I think in the past I'd always noticed there's sort of an element of grasping, sort of an underlying frustration, some angst maybe around 
wanting the big idea to happen and trying to manifest it. In recent years, I think I've turned my attention more towards just aligning my life in more deeper ways with my values. And I think paradoxically focusing on the small everyday things that, you know, sort of bring me into a state of wholeness. And I, and I do feel like that practice has really, in some ways, really strengthened just the muscle of awareness, focusing on the small and just being really present to what the day brings has not only strengthened my gratitude practice because I'm present to so many more things that I'm grateful for, but it's also strengthened my ability to surrender to the flow of what's happening around me. And I think that, you know, that practice of focusing on the small and really paying attention to what it is in my day that centers me in a place of wholeness is what in some ways has allowed big ideas to arrive. I'm so grateful to be a healthcare provider. I am a nurse. And during this difficult season of COVID-19, I've just been so grateful to be able to sit with patients when they may be without family or friends. They're very much alone during this time. And I've loved that I've had the opportunity to pray with patients, talk, laugh, cry, just be with them. It has been such a sweet privilege for me. For me, this week of dreaming big has been a mixed basket. Some days I feel exhilarated by the possibilities, hopeful that I could support my family with my work on this podcast. Other days, it was hard to shove off the discouragement, and my dream seemed like such a long shot. Mostly, I realized how often I tell myself to stop dreaming, how quick I am to say that something is unrealistic or idealistic. I'm trying to change that, to give myself permission to dream even when my circumstances are disappointing and challenging, maybe especially then. When I shared the idea for this dreaming and gratitude challenge with my husband, Nate, at the beginning of this week, he asked me what they had to do with each other. I wasn't sure in the beginning, but I felt intuitively that we needed them both. After a week of exploring those themes, I think I finally understand why. It's because when I dream... It's easy to let it be all about me. My pride can get in the way. But when I pair that with gratitude and actively seek out opportunities to thank other people, it reminds me how much I need them. My life is better when I recognize that the best things I have aren't the ones that I can take credit for. They're the gifts people have given me. The everyday grace, kindness, and friendship that keep it all in perspective and give me permission to forgive myself when I get it wrong. So let me put one final flower in this May Day basket I'm giving to you. I am so grateful for all of you. So many of you have encouraged me these past weeks. I'm grateful that whether we're feeling hopeful or discouraged, we're not alone. I hope you'll be kind to yourself today. I hope you'll silence those voices that tell you that you're not good enough or that your dreaming is too big. I hope you'll send out a distress signal when you need help. I hope that in this time when we're not physically together, my May Day basket feels a little bit like opening your front door 
and seeing that even though no one is there, someone is giving you a little bit of spring. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Shelter in Place, I would love it if you could rate it and review it wherever you listen, share it with a friend, and subscribe. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. As always, you can find links to the things I mentioned in each episode in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com. Shelter in Place is sponsored by Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. Even in these tough times, this family business has stepped up to be the first sponsor of Shelter in Place. When you order wine from brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com, you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code SHELTER. If you order six or more bottles from Brick and Mortar, you'll also get free shipping and overnight shipping in California. I'll keep putting out episodes of Shelter in Place every weekday and Saturday, but I'll be taking Sundays off because we can all use a Sabbath. Until Monday, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.